You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. At the direction of the President of the United States, fighter aircraft assigned to U.S. Northern Command successfully took down a high-altitude airborne object off the northern coast of Alaska at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. Wow, how about that? Presidential decisiveness. President Biden ordered the shootdown of something the moment it got close to Alaska. So decisive, so impressive. But what about last week when we were told it was decisive and impressive to let that satellite go from Alaska to Montana all the way across to South Carolina? Don't get around to shooting it until it gets over the Atlantic Ocean. Um, I do remember a lot of people saying that this was effective national security. The important thing is here that the president acted decisively and responsibly. The White House is adamant that the president was listening to the advice of his military commanders who told him to wait. I think what the Biden administration did was the right thing uh, to uh, shoot it down uh, when it was uh, over shallow water. The president gave instructions to have it uh, handled, to have it shot down in a way that was safe. The two priorities uh, by the military and the Biden administration were to keep people safe and to only shoot it down when it was safest. And they did that as soon as it hit the coastline. I am confused. All right. I, I just Alaska. It touches Alaska. Boom. Out of the sky. Alaska to Montana to uh, what's after Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, all the way through the whole country to the ocean. And so which is the good thing to do? And by the way, if you were critical of this, and we were, because obviously it was too long to wait, what were we characterized as? Or more importantly, the public officials who stood up and said, what's going on here? Those uh, treacherous uh, insurrectionist Republicans. After the balloon was shot down, Republicans praised the military for taking it down, but criticized President Biden. Republicans are criticizing the Biden administration for not acting sooner. We watched in real time as Republicans were critical of the president's decision to wait for it to be over open water and letting it travel across the United States before shooting it down. Although everyone ultimately agrees that that was the right decision. Okay. Uh, Republicans and their annoying criticisms of the president for weirdly allowing a balloon from China to go from Alaska to Montana to all those states. Okay, all the way over. Um, And the other thing, it wasn't just the delay. It was Joe Biden's um, lack of leadership 
and weirdly zero criticism, zero, none, directed at China. I order the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided without doing damage to anyone on, on the ground. They decided that the best time to do that was as it got over water. We committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. Well, there were several of these balloons that during the, the last administration didn't even know they were there. They didn't even do anything about them. So, uh, um, look, I just think that uh, um, the idea that there was a dereliction of duty, is, I think, is, uh, is bizarre, a bizarre notion. It's not a major breach. I mean, look, it's totally, it's a violation of international law. It's our airspace. And once it comes in our airspace, we can do what we want with it. All right. He had more criticism for the Trump administration than for China, who sent the damn thing, huh? Every appearance, nothing, nothing about China. Only respect, only respect. Who remembers when Donald Trump uh, appeared with Vladimir Putin in Helsinki? You remember this? You know what Donald Trump chose to be? Diplomatic. Isn't that what you're supposed to be in these scenarios when the guy is right next to you? Diplomatic. Uh, do you remember what happened when he didn't call out President Putin for uh, sending $100,000 to some Internet company in 2015? Do you remember that? Take a look. This is a night, I mean, usually uh, people talking about unpatriotic and uh, treasonous and traitorous. Donald Trump being condemned as treasonous in some quarters. But the spirit of what Trump did is clearly treasonous. It's a betrayal of um, the United States. All right. So Trump with Putin. Trump did not talk about 2016 election. He was somehow supposed to, huh? Right. And that's treasonous. But. A balloon from China comes all the way across the country. He doesn't criticize China once. I really suspect that Joe was compromised, don't you? At this point, it's obvious. And actually, this new object that was shot out of the sky, we don't know where it came from. I suspect it was China. And I suspect that they're trying to help Joe. Yeah, because he was so decisive. Much in the way, decisive that is, much in the way a father might help a kid go fishing, right? Take a look at this. That's China. Yep. Joe Biden. And that's the latest balloon. Okay. You get it? How about shooting a gun? All right. Let's look at that scenario. Okay. Uh, that's China. Little Joe with the gun. All right. They're letting him. They set it up. They set it up so he could shoot something or riding a bike. All right. They are being very, very patient with Joe. I think he's in charge. Now, Taking out this object was the right thing to do, but I don't think Joe Biden actually needed to have anything to do with it. Um, look, Alaska is obviously a sensitive place. Remember how much criticism came from the Alaska delegation? You probably didn't because it was buried this week. Uh, but listen to Lisa Murkowski, uh, senior senator from Alaska. I think that the American public deserve more than they have seen in terms of transparency about why, why this spy balloon was allowed to spend two days over our waters and over the state of Alaska. 
the state that is the guardian for everybody else? It's a, it's a good question, actually. Alaska, Montana, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Missouri. Every, why? Why did that happen? And NORAD, you know, we have the North what the hell is it called again? North America, aerospace, something or other. And this guy is in charge of NORAD, the command that is supposed to make sure that nothing comes into America that's not supposed to come into America. I am a little bit curious. I mean, we have a lot of planes, a lot of things at our disposal. Anytime uh, some, who knows what this thing is. I'm told it was pretty small, like the size of a, you know, a small Volkswagen or something like that. Do they have to call the president to take something like that out, do they? I don't think so. Well, listen to how the Pentagon, they were asked about this. I think this might have been just teed up so Joe could look like a big shot and not a slave to China, which I believe he is. Take a look at this exchange. The question, the answer, the question, go ahead. Doesn't NORTHCOM have the authority on its own to shoot down unidentified objects entering U.S. airspace if they pose a threat to civilian air traffic? Uh, and if so, then why was the president's authorization uh, required uh, in this case? Yeah, thanks. Um, so my understanding is it was at 40,000 feet uh, when it was detected and, and ultimately taken down. Uh, the NORAD uh, NORTHCOM commander um, does not have the authority necessarily to take down an object if it's not posing a potential hostile uh, intent or actions. Uh, however, given the fact that this aircraft was, uh, or excuse me, this object was operating at an altitude that posed a reasonable threat to uh, civilian air traffic, uh, after consultation uh, the, with the secretary and the president, of course, the president, uh, on our advice, uh, gave the order to take it down and we took it down. I guess I'm trying to clarify, is, is his authorization required in a situation like this? Um, again, it's kind of a moot point at this point because the president gave the order, but he has the authorization to take action against anything that presents a potential threat to the American public or people on the ground. In this particular case, it was determined that this posed a reasonable threat to air traffic. Again, I, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You smell the politics? <laughs> this bureaucrat. Oh boy, politics. It was politics. It was politics. I could, could you follow that? I wanted to be confusing on purpose. All right, so the NORAD commander, which by the way, let's get this straight, North American Aerospace Defense. That guy has authority if it's not a threat, but if it is a threat, he doesn't have authority. Okay, look, this is all a fix-it job to make Joe Biden look like he's not incompetent. Um, not working. It's not going to work. And oh, by the way, Joe actually kind of implied that it's not up to him either, that it's actually someone else's decision. He's always hiding. Take a look at this. Do you regret not having insisted on bringing it down sooner? No, I look at the expert, the intelligence community, defense community. They forgot more about it than you or I know. Yeah, the intelligence community, the defense, they told me to do it, right? They told me when. It was, he's always blaming or hiding behind them and maybe just letting them take the lead. Look, he owes them a lot. Remember that silly letter? Remember the cover they gave him during the campaign about the laptop, Russia disinformation? Remember that nonsense? 
the whole intelligence and I'm sorry, federal law enforcement community is severely, severely compromised. It's all compromised. And something else did not get enough attention this week, uh, that weaponization hearing and uh, concerns about the FBI. Senator Grassley, Republican of Iowa. This is important stuff. Other whistleblower disclosures to my office make clear that the FBI has within its uh, possession very significant, impactful, and voluminous evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter and James Biden. These disclosures also allege that Joe Biden was aware of Hunter Biden's business arrangements and may have been involved in some of them. We still aren't sure what's been done with this information. The FBI's track record doesn't create much faith that the information is going to be followed up on. It's clear to me that the Justice Department and the FBI are suffering from a political infection that if it's not defeated, will cause the American people no longer to trust these storied institutions. If it's not defeated, we may lose America. I don't trust them already. Sorry. They're protecting Joe Biden. They're doing political errands for Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, with all this going on, still thinks somehow he can run for re-election. He actually thinks he's a man of vitality. Just listen to him. Every indication you're running for re-election, uh, you haven't announced yet. Democrats, though, as you, I'm sure you know, uh, are saying... We wonder about his age. You'd be 82, date of the next election, 86, if you're successful and elected and finish that term. Does it give you any concern? Watch me. <laughs> That's all I can say. I mean, you know, it goes from one extreme to the other. I, last night I, was, well, I heard that people were saying, well, just watch Biden. My God, age is not an issue anymore. It, it's, look. I'm a great respecter of fate. I would be completely thoroughly honest with the American people if I thought there was any health problem, anything that would keep me from being able to do the job. And, uh, and so uh, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I just I think people have to just watch me. All right. Beware of anybody who goes around always reminding everybody how thoroughly honest they are. This is a man who actually blurted out loud that he had cancer. He did then the White House had to walk it back. So, Joe, we've been watching you, all right? Um, you know what we don't see? Consistency. Yeah, you're droopy, you're not off all the time. Uh, you seem, quite frankly, yeah, you're still touching people inappropriately. And you can only grasp very, very simple thoughts, and sometimes, yeah, there you go, totally lost. If they renominate this man, then the whole thing is rigged. Then they know that they can do something really undemocratic to us. And I do believe again. All right, when we come back, you know, America is in a real challenge and history is against us. You know, bad things happen in the third century of, uh, of a powerful empire, country, and it looks like it's happening to us as well. We'll be right back. Well, uh, historians know it as the crisis of the third century. Rome, the Roman Empire that lasted about a thousand years or so, had big, big troubles once the third century rolled around. 
uh, the whole damn empire was falling apart. Um, in large part because the elites totally indulged themselves in the weirdest ways. The Roman Empire of 1776-89 provided the archetype for a narrative of moral corruption and political lethargy, besetting a decadent imperium grown slack on the fruits of plunder and careless of its liberties. Exactly. And the same thing seems to be happening in America. And guess what? It's our third century. How old is America right now? Uh, 200, is it 40, 46? 46? 46 years old. Is it 46? Is it 46? It's 46 years old. 246? Amazing! It's 246 years old. And this, this is what America, this is what a large part of America is trying to say is totally fine. This is obviously perverse. Yeah, and the weed, pushing the weed on everybody thoughtlessly, basically overnight, this stuff was legalized. So I actually took this picture this morning. You see the guy in the <laughs> greenish hoodie? It was 11 in the morning and he was smoking weed. And it was the fourth guy I saw at about 10 blocks smoking marijuana in the morning on a workday. This guy's a construction worker. He had the tools, he had the, the measuring stuff. Everything's gonna come out backwards. <laughs> Right? We, the brain is not good on marijuana. It's not. And I know some people like it. If your doctor gave you a prescription, great, but it's gotten totally out of hand. Now there's precedent for this. The Chinese, they went communist in 1949. You know what was going down before then? A lot of opium smoking. Oh boy. The whole country was hooked on opium. And I think it made it right for a takeover. And I think the same thing is happening here in America, okay? So many people drugged out. The policies are encouraging this. <laughs> They're letting the fentanyl in. They're letting it in. They're letting it in. What are we going to do about it, huh? What are we going to do? Hey, China does not stand for this stuff, by the way. And they also don't stand for all the crazy stuff that we're pushing on the sexual front. They don't. Take a look. Uh, they have a pretty hard line. China trying to eradicate. All right. I don't like that term necessarily, but uh, they're not as obsessed with the transgender stuff and the silly woke entertainment than we are. They did unleash TikTok on us. TikTok is a Chinese creation. It's very, very dangerous. And uh, maybe is this why that poor girl in New Jersey was bullied? Oh, gosh, I don't know if you saw this video, but a 14-year-old girl was beat up by other 14-year-old girls. She was driven, actually, after this to take her own life, it looks like. Um, you know, this is, have you noticed that everywhere I turn, there's an anti-bullying campaign, but there is more bullying than ever before. Everyone is picking on him. The cyberbullying gets worse boys from his school have been making life difficult. Around the world, one in every three students are bullied, and many more see others being bullied. Many victims don't know who to turn to and become isolated and depressed. They start missing classes or drop out of school altogether. Physical bullying is most common, but children can also be exposed to psychological or sexual bullying in school. In an online space, All right, I've seen a million of these things, and I don't think they hurt, but uh, they're not helping. All right, bullying is alive and well. And you saw that poor girl get beat up on the bus down there in Florida. Uh, heartbreaking, I guess. Maybe 
I don't know, was this always happening and now we just have the phones and we can see it more easily? I don't think so. I think something is up. Social media has a big hand in it. And it's great, though. There's hope. We got people like Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley is a Republican from Missouri in the United States Senate. And uh, I hope he's going to be president someday. I think he's a good man. And listen to his recommendation. We now have more and more data on the effects of social media platforms on children, particularly young children, and it's overwhelmingly negative. So let's help parents here. And his idea, let's keep kids off of social media. You gotta be older than 16 uh, to be on it. Companies would verify that, and uh, we know it's the right thing to do. Wouldn't it be great if Congress did something that really helped people just clear cut right down the middle No questions asked. This is good. I hope so. We'll be right back. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Hi, my friends. Sebastian Gorka here, just on the way to the studio for the Gorka Reality Check. But I wanted to reach out to you personally and tell you what's happening in America, AT&T, DirecTV's cancellation of Newsmax carriage. Well, we were told that conservative censorship was a conspiracy. Now you know it's real. You have a part in making sure that it stops today. Get engaged. It can't go any further. God bless. Well, I can confirm that the Department of Defense was tracking a high-altitude object over Alaska airspace in the last 24 hours. Out, uh, the, uh, the object was flying at an altitude of uh, 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. Out of an abundance of caution and at the recommendation of the Pentagon, President Biden ordered the military to down the object. And they did. Wow. Hear that? How decisive. Order the military to down that object the moment it touched Alaska. That's that's Joe Biden, right? Really, really decisive. But wait a second. They said he was decisive last week when he let the damn thing fly all the way through the country. Right? Uh, That was, we were told, decisive as well. It was decisive, all right. Um, What's really going on here? Let's bring in the experts, please. Blaine Holt, former Brigadier General in the Air Force, U.S. Deputy Military Representative to NATO, Newsmax contributor, and Fred Flights, Senior Fellow at the America First Policy Institute, former Chief of Staff at the National Security Council under... President Trump, you guys in the intros and the titles, you're amazing. So impressive. Fred, first to you. Is this thing from China and your overall reaction? Look, I'm a former CIA analyst, and I I don't like to draw conclusions on issues like this without all the facts. I think it's reasonable to assume that it might be a Chinese balloon. But we know that this was smaller. It wasn't maneuverable. It was at a lower altitude. And that's why a lot of experts are saying right now it may not have been a Chinese balloon balloon. It may have been actually a weather balloon. And I heard Dick Morris say on a great panel earlier, it seems to him that uh, Biden is ready to shoot at the hip. He's so worried about his reputation. Was it necessary to shoot down this unidentified balloon 
over northern Alaska where it didn't pose a threat to anyone? I have many questions about this. Yeah, look, to me, it confirms General Holt that they know, even though everybody denied it, that they totally screwed up last week. And this is an effort to compensate. But please, sir, your thoughts. Yeah, I have to agree with Fred here. Uh, we don't know what it is. I, I from a just abundance of caution is the is the watch buzzword of the day is I, I would definitely be postured to see more things from China. I would assume this is from China until we know for sure it's something else. Um, the Chinese are not answering our phone calls from a defense department level. And uh, and you're to your point, Greg, you're exactly right. The, the messaging out of the out of Washington is so incongruent, so in conflict, not believable, not plausible. And it's really this credibility in the messaging that I, I find very alarming because these are very serious events. Uh, do me a favor. I want to show you uh, General, I think his name is Ryder. Uh, he's a one-star Air Force general, and he spoke today. He was asked a question. Uh, well, here, let's go ahead and play it. Doesn't NORTHCOM have the authority on its own to shoot down unidentified objects entering U.S. airspace if they pose a threat to civilian air traffic? Uh, and if so, then why was the president's authorization uh, required uh, in this case? Yeah, thanks. Um, so my understanding is it was at 40,000 feet uh, when it was detected and, and ultimately taken down. Uh, the NORAD uh, NORTHCOM commander um, does not have the authority necessarily to take down an object if it's not posing a potential hostile uh, intent or actions. Uh, however, given the fact that this aircraft was, uh, or excuse me, this All right, listen, what, what, he's, was, what he's engaging in here is not answering the question and filibustering, okay? He doesn't answer, he, he goes on for three minutes and doesn't answer the question. My question to you again, General, does he have the authority, the NORAD commander, who's a four-star general, to shoot down a weather balloon if it gets in the way of our planes? So he has the authority to operate within the rules of engagement that the president gives him. And so if the president has not given him the ability to operate freely like that under certain criteria, then he does not have that ability and he must contact the president and request authorization to do so. Right. Um, it, it changes from administration to administration. Well, Fred, I am convinced that they were looking for an opportunity. And let me show you what I like in this too, okay? It's like a kid going fishing, right? And the fish is the balloon and the dad is China and the little kid is Joe Biden, okay? That's kind of how I see this. This was a setup so Joe could catch a fish, so Joe could look tough. I don't know if it was China, maybe it was Ron Klain or whoever took the job, but I think this was a setup on purpose to make him look good, although he doesn't fool us. Fred, what do you think? I think that's right. My guess is that the military reported this balloon to the White House and didn't want to shoot it down. But, you know, there are, are international treaties that allow nations to fly legitimate weather balloons. If it turns out that this is a weather balloon from a country other than China, I mean, this, this administration will be embarrassed again. So I wonder how much forethought went into this decision to shoot the balloon down to try to uh, score a Biden some PR points. And you know what? I, I got to get you guys on Joe Biden, four appearances in front of the media, uh, two sit down interviews, so six altogether. And he assiduously avoided criticizing, being remotely critical of China. And it says to me, uh, look, 
if the guy's not compromised, I don't know what's going on. The, the, the Chinese seem to have something on him. Uh, General, did you notice that there is not one harsh word about China from Joe Biden? Sure, he yelled Xi's name during the State of the Union, but there really was nothing critical. After they, after they did what they did, I found that very odd. Yeah, it's it's completely unnerving. And what what's more unnerving is uh, in the media we see everybody going, well, China's now upset and they're they're planning to respond, have a response for us. They should be worried about our response. And what we should be talking about now, and the president included, is what is our relationship to China, and 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 how do we start to decouple that relationship in an appropriate manner uh, where our security interests are threatened. Case in point, the southern border and the fentanyl cruising across it every single day, killing Americans. All right. Bottom line, and I think we're getting closer and closer. So I want to know if there should be a war, U.S. versus China. And I know this is very simplistic, but does America win that war? Uh, there are a billion variables, but Fred, you first. I, I, I think it depends how you put it. Now, right now, uh, there have been war games that China would lose a war trying to take Taiwan but both China and the United States would suffer enormous casualties. But that situation is going to change over time as the Chinese army and military and navy gets larger and more capable, and we don't invest in our defenses. So uh, maybe in the short term, China would not win a conflict, but I'm worried where this is going, current, given the current trajectory. All right, very quickly, General, who wins? You got to keep it from going nuclear. Nobody wins in that scenario. Yeah. The worry that I have is that we would clobber China because we are that good, and they're not that good with combined arms and joint operations. And if they get pushed into a corner, do they go to that nuclear place? And that, that's our fear for all of humanity. General Holt, Fred Flights, appreciate it so much. To be continued, and we'll be right back. All right, that laptop has always been authentic, is still authentic. And you got to remember this, Joe Biden has never, ever told the truth about the laptop. He hasn't. He hasn't even been asked since he lied about it to 100 million people. Remember during the debate, he swore, he swore that was a Russia disinformation campaign. And of course, the swamp backed him up. That crazy letter they put out to cover that guy. What do they owe him? I guess they just hated Trump that much. Well, now the laptop has been categorically proven as accurate. <laughs> Hunter Biden's lawyers have acknowledged that it's the real deal. Joe Biden does not get asked one single question about that. He told possibly the biggest lie a presidential candidate or president has ever been caught in, and nobody asked him about it. He's around the press every day. He had two major sit-down interviews over the past couple of days, and they are not curious. Hey, Mr. President, the laptop, uh, you told everybody it was fake. Now we know it's real. Care to comment? I mean, something, something. Maybe it'll come up this weekend, although probably not. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is this weekend. Should be fun. Lots of parties, that kind of thing. No Tom Brady. That's fantastic. Uh, and usually the president sits down with uh, the network that's carrying it. Uh, remember when Bill O'Reilly would sit down with Barack Obama? Yeah, Barack Obama and Bill O'Reilly. More recently, it was Hannity with Trump. Um, who's doing the interview on Sunday? 
these people. Uh, I, I don't know who they are, quite frankly. Oh, that's Vivica Fox, I think, on the left. She's an actress. The other guy, uh, Mike something. I'm sorry. They work at a place called Fox Soul, which I've never heard of. Have you? A new live and interactive streaming channel dedicated to the African-American viewer. Yes, girl, yes. Give me a one-word answer to this question. Who should Joe Biden pick as his running mate? A black woman. I guarantee you there are multiple black women being considered. Music get on my nerve right now because I don't even know what they're saying no more. Even in hip-hop, what are y'all talking about? Drugs, ass, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. All right. So that's uh, Fox Soul. Who gets Fox Soul? Who knows about Fox Soul? Where's Hannity? Where's uh, Brett Baer? Let him do the interview. Look, we don't know if it's even going to happen. Uh, there's going, they're going back and forth. Can I see this letter, please? The president was looking forward to an interview with Fox Soul to discuss the Super Bowl, the State of the Union, and critical issues impacting the everyday lives of black Americans. But it's our understanding that Fox Corps has asked for the interview to be canceled. All right, so they're going back and forth. At this point, it's up in the air. But how about that? The Super Bowl, right? I, uh, I think white people tune in as well. Why would they just be talking about black Americans? How about Americans? Black, white, red, brown, everybody. Everybody. Why is it all about race? And Fox Soul. I do have a recommended question. If this interview comes off, the people at Fox Soul, and let's see him again. Nothing against these folks, uh, but usually the anchor is like household name famous, you know, like a Hannity, like an O'Reilly. Uh, these folks will be there someday. They really should ask about this, don't you think? But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Huh? Right? I mean, <laughs> if we're going to talk about black issues, I think that's a big issue, don't you? What a disgrace. I'll be right back. If you live in one of those neighborhoods and you have the same exact car I have in the other neighborhood, you pay more for your insurance than that side. No basis for it, none at all, other than you're black and I'm white. Whether it's just because you're black and I'm white, this man seems to be intent on pitting the races against each other. Uh, I don't understand it. So divisive. And what he's been saying about law enforcement, basically implying that everybody in law enforcement is racist. That whole thing about the talk at the State of the Union. It's gotten the attention uh, of a lot of people, and fortunately, some key individuals are speaking out about it. Congressman Glenn Grothman, Republican of Wisconsin, he did not like what he heard uh, the other night at the State of the Union. He had something to say about it on the House floor. I think the most harmful thing he said is he one more time talked about the talk and implied that Americans' police force is a racist police force and it is a stain on America's reputation. That is a lie. President Biden, I think in an effort to scare black Americans into voting for him, claims that we have a horrible racist society in general and a racist police problem in particular. It really, he's dead on right. Congressman Glenn Grothman, welcome to Newsmax. Thank you for your, uh, your comments. Somebody had to say it, I'm glad you did. Uh, welcome, sir. How are you? Well, glad to be on the show. Well, 
Joe Biden really does seem to want to rip this country apart, just like you said. How do we stop him? What can be done? Well, I think people have to stand up to and say the facts are the facts. America is not a racist country. You can see the immigrants who come here from all around the world, uh, not from Europe, from Asia, from Latin America and wherever, from Africa, are succeeding very well. You look at the statistics with regard with people who unfortunately um, are killed because police usually are defending themselves. It's not disproportionately black Americans when you adjust for number of crimes committed. We have to get out there and call them on this because otherwise what he says is going to be believed by a given number of people, particularly a given number of young people, which is why I think we're seeing so few young people respect America Day today. They are told by cheap politicians like Joe Biden what a horrible racist society we are. Um, I think it's particularly bad for young black people. We should be told what a great country we are, and if you work hard, you're able to succeed and live the American dream, rather than being told that the police are out to get you, and you have to be especially careful because you're black, which is ridiculous. And not only is it harmful for the people who are told they are victims, it's horrible for the police as well. And what happens? The police back off. They're not as aggressive as they should be at being policing. Maybe they ignore some neighborhoods, and you have the huge increase in the number of murders, because police are backing off, mm. that we've had the last couple of years. Milwaukee, a city adjacent to my district, for the third year in a row, had its all-time high in murders. And I think in part it was because the police are a little bit cowed by all these claims of racism. They call it the Ferguson effect, and it's a real thing. And when you have the president saying the things he's saying, I want to show you a picture, though. Joe Biden, back in uh, the 1970s, you know, he became a very important person in 1972. And 51 years ago, America was very different. Sometimes I think he's reverted to the 1972 Joe Biden, which, you know, there are these vast stereotypes about black people, about police, that, you know, the country matured and grew up and improved. You think a little bit of this is Joe Biden just locked in a time warp? Um, well, I, I think Joe Biden, uh, I don't know, Joe Biden loves to make up this idea that he's a savior of black people, right? He's made up being in South Africa. He's made up the uh, civil rights marches he participated in the southern United States. He's made up whether he went to Delaware or Delaware State. And I think this is just part of that narrative, that he it, it, it likes to be fighting Joe, looking out for the helpless black And you know what? When it comes to actual dealing with black people, quite frankly, I'd say he's pretty racist. Uh, I know of no other way to characterize what he said to Charlemagne on that radio show. Cut nine, please. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. <laughs> I mean, assuming that someone is supposed to behave a certain way based on the color of their skin, I think that's racism, sir. Right. It's harm. <laughs> It's just kind of horrible, but it is harmful for the country as a whole because there are people who are going to turn in, particularly young people, uh, particularly people who are not familiar with the exact statistics that are out there, and they're going to believe Joe Biden. And I really can't blame some black people for believing Joe Biden because if Joe Biden thinks we have, as a white guy, thinks we have such a racist uh, society and racist place in particular, I can imagine why some people who don't know better would believe Joe Biden. So it's a very divisive thing. You know, um, and President Obama, he had a big role in this. Um, quite frankly, he would point out all the time that uh, blacks and Hispanics are disproportionately stopped by police. And he would say, that's a fact. 
but he wouldn't put in the other fact that disproportionately crime uh, in that demographic is, dis is disproportionate. And he would leave that out. And I think our answer is obvious. He did it for political reasons. Um, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Do you receive any pushback? I'll tell you, I receive a little bit online. You know, who are you as a white person to be saying these kinds of things? And uh, uh, my opinion is, screw that, sir. It's too important to not talk about it. They want to make well, fun of us. Well, somebody should speak. Right. Somebody should speak up. But it'd be nice if, and some uh, black folks have spoken up. But it'd be nice uh, if we had more speak up because. Otherwise, the young people of this country are going to buy into the narrative. We have this horrible racist country. They're going to vote for the party of rebellion. Uh, and we're going to have some people begin to adapt a defeatist uh, attitude towards society. Say, I can't succeed because we have such a racist society in general. Uh, and so, that's tragic. And so much of the media is facilitating this horrible fake narrative. Uh, sir, with that in mind, uh, I appreciate your support. Or if you have any thoughts on the situation we're facing with DirecTV, I don't know if you heard, but Newsmax has been deplatformed by AT&T. Uh, we, we don't like it. And um, what are your thoughts? Well, well, we spoke on, I spoke on the floor of Congress. I intend to speak again. I think we just have to make sure that all your listeners uh, call DirecTV and tell them how upset they are. It's another example of the billionaires who run this company and the big corporations who run this country who want to turn America into more... Of a, of a socialist state. And part of that is silencing the uh, the media outlets that are more defending the Constitution, which you are. But uh, they know they, or at least they imagine, they can't take complete control of the country until they silence the opposition. And I appreciate you being such a great independent voice out there for the American public. And hopefully we have enough muscle that uh, DirecTV will listen to us and side with those folks who want to make sure the public gets both sides of every issue. Congressman Glenn Grotham, thank you very much. And by the way, you don't have to be um, you don't have to be an AT&T DirecTV customer to call. Anybody can call uh, Mr. Grothman. Thank you very, very much to be continued. And we'll be right back. Well, thank you, Mark Levin. And uh, by the way, I was on his show a couple of weeks ago to talk about my book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. I have a lot in there, oh, by the way, about cancel culture, about the media. I think it's uh, very, very uh, timely, of course, and I think you'll enjoy reading it. So again, for your consideration, available wherever books are sold, and I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Hope all is well in your lives. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people.